Welcome back to Across the Romaverse. Steve and Jimmy here with you as always to discuss just a little bit of the Roma Adelanta match. Since we're already recording on Tuesday evening, it's already been a little more than 48 hours since the, the, the result of that match. And by the time most of you listen to this, Roma will have already probably played Lazio in the Coppa Italia quarterfinal. So it's a quick turnaround for Roma. We won't dwell too long, Jimmy, on this Atalanta match, but I, I think we have to at least talk about it a little bit because in some ways it felt like Roma probably a little unlucky to get the 1-1 result, in my opinion. I, I thought they deserved a little bit more. The XG speaks to that fact. 2.07 to 0.74. Roma played a pretty decent game at home, I thought. Yeah, no, I mean, I 100% agree with you. And it's not a coincidence that another thing, uh, SofaScore, which is the site that we use for most of our data, uh, has Marco Carnesecchi with a uh, 8.4 man of the match level rating. Like he was able to turn this into a draw through his ability as a goalkeeper. It wasn't that, you know, the attackers or the midfield uh, underperformed, at least in my personal opinion. I would also add that, you know, this is something that I noticed against Napoli and Juve. This side is looking pretty good against the big sides. Like it's not necessarily translating to three points each time. And sometimes it's translating to that one zero loss against Juventus, which still stings. But I got to say for so many years, it felt like Roma couldn't really match up to the bigger clubs, but I see this draw against Atlanta. I see this. I see the game against Napoli. I see the game against Juve and I was watching the match and I thought that there were some good things on display that Roma wasn't getting kind of, you know, blown out of the stadium. They were looking at times the better side, which was really encouraging, you know, for the long term. And, you know, we'll get into this later, but it is encouraging also given the rumors that Roma is nearing an agreement to renew uh, Mourinho's contract for at least one more year and then potentially an option for a second. Yeah, it's it's one of those matches where I don't want to hit them so early. They hit him in the eighth minute. When you look at the attacking momentum little graph that Sofa Score puts across the, the top of the uh, the timeline for the match, you know, most of the, the momentum for the majority of the match is going upward toward the home side, which was Roma. And at the spot where Adelanta scored the goal, there wasn't even any, you know, of the bar graph facing toward the Adelanta side. It was, it's just the goal. Um, I, I never expected Toon Coop Miners to score the goal against us from from a header. You know, if you expect him to score it with, a, with his foot or maybe from the spot or something, um, some kind of free kick, because he's a midfielder. Uh, not the kind of guy you expect to score from the head. Maybe, you know, I don't watch Adelanta a whole ton. Maybe he's done it before to others, but I thought the marking was very poor. I, I was disappointed they gave up that goal. And then Adelanta was pretty good from like the 10th, the 20th, 25th minute or so. They control a, a good portion of the match. And then Roma just kind of turned it on. And then they eventually scored off of the uh, penalty kick that was drawn by Rick Karsdorp as he got, you know, spiked by uh, Ruggieri in the box. It went to VAR. Luckily, it was it was uh, reviewed and given to Roma. But right before that, they missed a couple of really good chances. And, and you mentioned Karnasecki uh, was the highest rated player in Sofa score, mainly because he made some really good saves on Roma in the first half of play. I mean, th- this first half felt like it could have had three, four goals in it uh, combined between the two sides. And Roma probably could have had about three themselves. So going into halftime 1-1 kind of felt like, you know, I thought Roma was going to come out a little more aggressive in the second half. I thought the game kind of lost its its luster in the second half a little bit. Not as much attacking onus from, from the two sides, or at least not as clear-cut, you know, chances-wise. Um, you know, Roma's actually in the first half was 1.64. Second half was just 0.44. Adelante's also dropped in the second half. 
five of Roma six times shots on target were in the first half. Adelante only had three total shots and none on target in the second half. It kind of felt like the game lost a little bit of its fire. I, I was a little disappointed in, in how it ended just because Roma, I thought, really could have done more to, to get the win. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that there were still some pretty disappointing performances out of some players um, in Roma starting 11. I'm going to be honest. I don't really want to see Leonardo Spinazzola on the pitch again for Roma at this point. Uh, it was a pretty disappointing um, performance from him, in my opinion. Uh, on the flip side, I thought that Zalewski actually looked quite good. Um, so it's encouraging that even if Spinazzola is probably going to be leaving maybe in the next couple of weeks or hopefully cross our fingers, um, that Zalewski is starting to round more into form as, you know, that left wing back um, or almost winger role uh, that Mourinho needs in this tactic. Uh, there were also just, you know, some stupid fouls. Uh, we're never going to convince Mourinho to not argue with the rest. So the the red by Mourinho, I think that's just kind of expected every several matches. That's just And I happen. thought the ref was pretty patient this time. Like he gave Mourinho a long time to get back in that technical area. And Mourinho was going to make a point of it, I think, this time to take that second guard. Yeah, but I but I would still say that, you know, that the foul from Christensen in the 63rd minute didn't really, you know, make me feel great. Uh, it was annoying that we had to use a penalty to get the goal scored because I felt like there were a lot of chances that Roma had outside of the penalty. Uh, but at the same time, I will say that I think that the difference maker for a lot of sides is going to be when they get that penalty, do they convert it? And it, Roma's been getting better at converting the penalties as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, we said we weren't going to talk too much about this match. I will say, like, if I had to give my emotions on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest after this match, I'd probably say like a 6 or a 7. Like, I'm not over the moon, but this I, I saw a lot of good things from the side. And I also, we, I think we should just say, uh, I really liked what I saw from Dean Wiesen. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the Dutch doesn't know. I don't always master the Dutch last names perfectly on the first go. Um, but I really liked what I saw from Huisen. And it sounds as if Romo might be looking for another center back uh, this this January market. But if you're able to get even that level of performance from Huisen going forward, this looks like it'll be a pretty good loan for Roma. Yeah, I, I, I was a little surprised he came in. It, it turns out Lorente had a little physical issue um, that's being monitored. And he did. He did. He held his own. Adelante did not do much coming down his side or really at Roma's defense at all in the second half, which was which was encouraging. I agree. I think, you know, if, if you ask me, scale one to ten, how do you feel about this match? Probably around a six just because I thought, you know, it's good to get a result, a pot, you know, a result and not drop all three points. Um, yeah. Also, though, I think Roma could have, like, done more, like I mentioned earlier, and, and been the team to get the three points. They were the more likely side to get the three points um, based on the, the overall play in the match, in my opinion. So, Roma plays Lazio tomorrow, Coppa Italia, um, not long after recording, probably just a little more than 12 hours at this point because it's a noon Eastern match. So, not even going to bother previewing that, but by the time we record next time, Roma's going to have played Lazio in the Coppa, Milan in the league. So, we will see how we're feeling after that. And, and you know, it could be very positive with a couple good results, at least if they beat Lazio, move to the semifinals. Um, but we're going to focus on the, the, the kind of a midseason uh, focus here because we are exactly at the halfway point of the season. Roma is sitting currently set, uh, eighth in the table after the draw with Atalanta. So 
it sounds dire when you say eighth place. <clears throat> but when you look at the overall table, Inter, 48 points, Juve, 46 points. We've mentioned before they're probably class of the league, probably going to run away with first and second and battle it out for the Scudetto to the very end uh, from the looks of it, Juve hanging around with Inter. Uh, and then it's Milan on 39, looking pretty comfortable in third position now after a couple better weeks from them. So really, it's Fiorentina in fourth on 33, Bologna in fifth on 32, Lazio Atalanta on 30, and then Roma on 29, Napoli on 28, round out the top nine. I mean, that's how close it is. And then Torino's in 10th on 27. So between fourth and seventh place, it's a six-point gap. That's two matches, really. Uh, you know, in two matches, Torino could technically be tied with Fiorentina. Maybe not in fourth, but they could they could catch them is what I'm saying. So it really you have to look at the points when you when you look at the the, the standings this season, especially. It's been like that a couple of years, but this year is at the halfway point, Jim. It's really tight. So it's like one of these things you have to think about. Yes, we're in eighth, but we're also only five or four points off of a champions place in Fiorentina. So it's at this point. You know, Roma could be in the Champions League if they finish fourth, possibly fifth because that new UEFA rule where the top two leagues based on coefficient will get a fifth Champions League spot. And uh, Italy right now is one of the top two leagues based on the results from the group stages of the, the European competitions. How are you feeling right now about the first half of the season? Obviously, I think that Roma could be doing better in the league. Uh, nobody was hoping for eighth place. But I agree with you that to a certain extent, the eighth place is kind of a reverse mirage that being four points out of fourth and continuing in the Europa league and knowing that even fifth place this season might get you champions league football. It seems to me like there are a lot of different avenues for Roma to get to its long awaited goal of champions league football for next season. Uh, a lot of that can change in the next month or two. I feel like I've been a broken record writing the previews recently that each match is a must win to a certain extent. It is in the sense that, those three points could prove vital in getting Roma up to fourth. But on the other hand, based off of how the other teams that are outside of that top two have played, I, I'm not going to say that I want Roma to drop points because I don't, but it doesn't feel like the end of the world in the same way that dropping points felt like it was the end of the world back in the 2010s when it was Roma and Juve, and every single draw probably meant that Juve was going to win the Scudetto. So... Given that, I'd say that I'm feeling reasonably good about how Roma's played so far. Uh, there's a lot of things that I would change and improve, uh, but at the same time, given Roma's finances, I don't know how feasible it is. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, Tiago Pinto's uh, exit interview that he did with The Athletic uh, after his announcement that he was going to be leaving Roma. He said, you know, five years ago, you had asked, told Romanisti that they would have Mourinho, Lukaku, Dybala, and Tammy Abraham all on the side, they wouldn't have believed you. And to a certain extent, I think we're seeing the fruits of that labor uh, show themselves in the fact that Roma has been able to stick around. Because as you and I have said after a lot of matches, Roma's staying in matches because of these Lukaku and Dybala signings. And I'm not really convinced that Roma would be anywhere close to where they are right now if they had just put in like a uh, league average striker or even like big side average striker or, or a second striker in the place of uh, Paolo Dybala or Romelu Lukaku. So overall, I'd say that, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic heading into the second half of the season. 
Yeah, it's 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 definitely one of those things that depending on how you frame it, you feel a little differently about it. If you just told uh, you know Roman, you said at the beginning of the season we're going to be an eighth at the halfway point, you'd be like, oh geez, like <laughs> Mourinho's probably on his way out. Disaster, you know, season is is in in, in you know in course. Um, but then when you frame it as we're four points off a of fourth and and a guaranteed Champions League place, potentially three off a of fifth and potentially a guaranteed Champions League place, it sounds a lot better. Um, you know. I guess on the positive side of things, Roma's only lost twice to sides that are actually three, if I think of Bologna, sides that are ahead of it. They have lost, though, three times to Inter, Juve, and then Bologna, um, which the the first two are kind of what they are because they are the two best teams in the league right now. And like you mentioned, the Juve match, Roma was in that match. It wasn't a, a blowout of any sort, but um, only one win against Napoli. When you think of the big sides, and Napoli's below them in the table. So Roma, in, in terms of teams that are ahead of them, three wins and four draws. They drew... Actually, no, I'm sorry. I forgot the Milan loss. I completely have to reframe that because that's four losses and three draws against teams ahead of them. That is a little concerning to me. I know they played a little bit better against those sides. You know, they they could have beaten Atalanta. They probably should have beaten Fiorentina if not for that double red card. Um you know, Lazio was a, a very drab match that neither team felt like they wanted to lose rather than win. So it it has to be a little bit better in the second half against those sides. You know, you have to pull out more than just a win against Napoli, I think. I think you have to get maybe out. If you play those same eight teams again, you probably need like three wins, I think, just to to kind of gain ground on other sides. And at this point, your your best bet is to get those wins against the teams that are closest to you, the Fiorentinas, uh, the Atalantas, Lazio, you know, those kind of clubs. I think Roma has to beat a few of them in the second half of the season. I am a little disappointed in that. The other part of the first half of the season I was disappointed in, too, is dropping points to teams that Roma can't afford to drop points to. Like, they got completely blown out of the water in Genoa. That that was – yeah. That and, and in some ways, that kind of woke them up, I think, because they got an I think so too. after that. Yeah. But – you know, you go back to the beginning of the season and, you know, at the time, Salernitana didn't feel so bad because Kondreva had that those two really, really lovely goals. Um, but then they lost the next match to Verona 2-1. And that, that's, you know, then that's four points dropped. Um, or rather, five points dropped. And then, you know, the loss to Milan is what it is. They're, they're inside. That's in third place. But then you have the, the draw against Torino, followed by the loss to Genoa. Like, there's a lot of points that they dropped to those other kind of sides that, you feel like, ah, yeah, at least got to beat Verona. You got to maybe find a way against Torino. Like those, those points are the ones that are going to come back, maybe to hurt Roma more than the ones that they lost to the big sides. So yeah. I'd say, yes, I'm still glass half full because Roma is not that far off a of Champions League place. They're still playing in the Europa League. I would have wished they won the group to save themselves a couple matches on, on their legs in February, but it is what it is. Um, we'll see how the Copa Italia goes tomorrow. If they can beat Lazio and they're into the semifinals to face Juve, then you start feeling good. Maybe they are a step closer to a trophy, and then they're only a couple matches away from a trophy. And I believe the semis are two legs, and Jose Mourinho does really well in those kind of two-legged affairs. So that might bode well against Max Allegri's Juve. It might, it might be very boring football for, for 180 minutes when I think about the way those two sides play. And, um, but if Roma can get by Lazio, then you're – pretty close to a trophy so maybe things start to look even a little bit brighter so i i am cautiously optimistic like you are because i agree lukaku and dibala they make this team go and now that dibala hopefully will stay healthy for an extended period of time i think roma can get going again 
Um, you know, they're going to play Milan to finish this really tough stretch. And then after that, they kind of get a little respite from all these big sides. You know, after Milan, it's Verona again, Salernitana, Cagliari, uh, before they play Inter in February. So they get a nice three-match run where you're facing two teams that are fighting relegation and one team that's like a bottom half of the side. Um, and then after Inter, it's Frosinone. So, you know, the schedule eases up a little bit for Roma. Uh, they don't have that kind of same gauntlet that they just had. They have that again kind of later in the year. They have like a three, four match stretch of, of tough sides again. Um, but for the time being, they don't have to worry about that after Milan. So they could get something up in the San Siro and then they can get on maybe, you know, seven to nine points in those three matches. Maybe we're feeling a little bit better about it. But I agree. Re- replacement level striker, replacement level um, recordista, second striker, whatever you want to call it, would not be uh, doing it for Roma. Dybala and Lukaku have done really good things for this side so far. And if they make the Champions League, I will say it's going to come down to the two of them doing a lot of that that dirty work and, and scoring those goals because uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini's got to be better, I think. Um, you know, Eduardo Bove's been a bright spot for me if I go, like, to different segments of the field now. Um, he he almost feels like a guy who has to start most matches. He's starting to have that feeling to him. Um, yeah, know, I 100% agree with that. I yeah. think that Bove is not the surprise of the season in the sense that he played pretty well last season as well, but he's definitely the guy who has shown the most growth. This season is probably the best way to frame it Yeah. Uh, to the point where, you know, I will be honestly surprised if, you know, barring injury, he's not a part of the, uh, the side for, um, uh, for the Italian national team going forward. He's, he's looking really good and yeah. he's looking also like a very good complementary piece to what Roma already has in the midfield and to what Italy already has in the midfield. So that's also a plus. Um, his midfield presence has made it a lot easier for Roma to get by without players like Nemanja Matic. Uh, though I will say that Leandro Paredes has done a pretty solid job as well. Uh, honestly, we've talked about this before, but I do think it's somewhat underrated how much Mourinho has been able to bring in younger players into the side. And how they found a decent amount of success. Like, Zalewski and Bove both being consistent parts of the starting 11 now is an achievement. Uh, of course, you know, they were viewed for a long time as that type of prospect. But just being viewed as that type of prospect does not mean that you're going to be able to break your way into Roma's starting 11. We've seen plenty of players try and fail to do that. So I think that's another positive for me this season. That, uh, you know... Maybe more for Spinazzolo's poor form than anything else, but Zaleski has still been starting, and I feel like he is coming around into form. Whereas Bove, I would say, has been one of the best players on the side um, this entire season. He's just provided a lot of consistency in the midfield, which we've needed, especially with Pellegrini out. Yeah, he, he's been really good. I, I definitely had wanted to give him a shout-out. Uh, I think he's been very good. Uh, Evan Indique is away at the African Cup. We know he's going to be out for pretty much all of January and uh, into February for the African cup of nations playing with the Ivory coast. I thought, I think he's been a great signing, um, you know, outside of the, the goals that Lukaku's provided. He's I mean, off the top of my head. I could be forgetting somebody, but I think he's probably been the signing of the season. Um, when you think of what he's done to shore up Roma's defense, um, Lorente has been very good again on that loan um, for the most part. Mancini has been, been very good. So th- that back three has really helped keep Roma afloat. I think. Because when Smalling went down, things seemed a little bit more dire than they've been in defense. I know Roma's conceded yeah. 21 times. That's kind of right on the mark of teams that they are around them in the table. Uh, Lazio's conceded 20, Atalanta 21, Napoli 24. 
So they're right. They're right in that mix. Fiorentina 19. So it's nothing unusual for them to have conceded that. It puts them right kind of where they are in the table. Um, so I, I I think overall most positions are decently stocked. I'm curious to see what happens in the midfield if Renato Sanchez's loan is cut short. Um, you know, Awar, we don't know how much longer he's going to be out. So the midfield might need another body. So, and it's, it's, it's huge that Bove stepped up the way he has. It, it really is because it, I, I'm, I'm imagining if Bove was just a prospect that didn't turn into anything over the last couple of years, Roma's midfield looks pretty thin right now. Um, they they yeah. would probably need somebody else. And I'm curious to see if they do bring try to bring somebody in on loan or, you know, if they try to work in a different player, maybe a Pagano or somebody into more minutes. But they're going to need some somebody else because Sanchez just can't be relied on. Probably going to be going back to PSG. Uh, very disappointing. I mean, to you, Jim, is, is he the most disappointed player in the first half of the season? Because I, I, I think based on just overall, even just minutes on the pitch, he has to be very disappointed. We knew he had an injury history, but, man, he just can't get on the pitch. Yeah, I, I did not. Father time is a lot like bankruptcy. It happens very slowly and then very quickly. And I think that that's what's kind of happening with uh, Chris Smalling here, that he was remarkably in form and probably one of the best defenders in Serie A for an extended period of time. And then injuries just started piling up in a way that was far more aggressive than he had, at least in a Roma kit uh, prior to this. There's a lot of talk by Mourinho in particular about whether or not those injuries are serious enough to not play. I'm not going to tell a player personally as a, a fan, as a writer for a, for a sports team uh, to play through injury that you you only have one body. And if I, I can understand why Chris Smalling might, might say, I want to be able to walk around with my kids uh, as opposed to playing one more match for Roma still hurts to side a lot. Um, and I also have a lot of respect for guys like uh, Gianluca Mancini who have been playing through injury. I just don't have disrespect for players who listen to what their body's telling them on that front. It has hurt Roma a lot though. And it's made a defense that I think if you had had the Indica Mancini and like peak smalling defense, that would probably be one of the best defenses in Serie A right now. Um, Cause Indica has really rounded into form. And I mean, I actually don't have that much bad to say about Diego Lorente. It's just that Diego Lorente is not one of the best defenders in Serie A and Chris Smalling at his best is. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's no knock on Lorente. It's more that Smalling was that good for, for that long for Roma. And, and they do miss that aspect of, of having him around. Um, I, I agree. I think if, if he was in his peak form, like he was the past few years, Roma would be very, very difficult to score on. Um, for sure. Uh, another position, I, I mean, nobody's really stood out to me is, is right wing back. You know, you mentioned on the left side how Spinozola has been very disappointing, might be on his way out this window, and how thankfully Zalefsky's starting to, to show a little bit of form. The right side, Christensen's getting most of his arts. He has improved, I would say, but it, it seems like they can't find someone who just can like stand out in that position and just grab the bull by the horns. I mean, Selick is kind of a forgotten He's man. Fine. He plays yeah. mostly the Europa League at this point. Carsdorp yeah. um, has his moments, his flashes, and then it's Christensen for the most part by default, I feel like. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, 
Personally, I think that the two spots in the starting 11 where I'd really hope that Roma could invest in the long term, say Roma gets that Champions League money, um, would be right back and goalkeeper. Um, I think that those are the two positions where Roma could really use a star level player who can stick around for an extended period of time. Because on left back, I mean, I think that Zalewski can be a long term solution there. Uh, center back, even without Smalling, I do think that we have a decent amount of depth there. Um, Lukaku and Dybala, if they stay, are great up front. I just think that right back, we haven't really had a solution that I truly believed in. I don't know how much I believed in Florenzi, but Florenzi is the last time I, I would be like, yeah, we have a good right back who is consistently playing and and able to play. Like, because Rick Karsdorp, I mean, he's had highs and lows, but he's never had much consistency either. So That's the thing, yeah. I, 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 we need someone who can be consistently good at right back, and we just haven't had that. I don't know since Mykon. Was Mykon the last say, one? He's probably the last one. Mykon is probably the last one. Can can we bring him back? Can we? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> how old is he him, now? Right? Like, yeah. I don't know how old he is now, but um, that's the last time. Forty-two. We, we had like he's forty-two. Well, a real right back that could just take a match over and kind of you know get it done. Um, I don't think he's walking back through the door, and I don't think Roma's getting a big time right back this window. But yeah, I think I think come the summer, depending on how the rest of Christensen season goes, I think Roma is going to be in the market for goalkeeper, right back, probably center back if these moves are loan. So um, Champions League money is probably going to be needed. That that is a great point. Um, anything else you want to mention about this this first half of the season? We talked about some of the signings that have impressed us, some disappointments, some some guys that have stood out. Um, and just the overall play that we've seen any, like anything else stick out to you in this first half of the season? Um, I would say that one of the things that stuck out to me is I do think that Roma has had less of a glass jaw. We've talked about this before, um, but under the, in the Mourinho era, I do really think that this club has developed a bit more fight to it, which is really encouraging in the long term, And I also just have a bit more confidence heading into the rest of the Europa League that Roma will be able to keep advancing, which is a great thing. Um, it just gives you more confidence, period. And I'm not going to make pre- too many predictions about tomorrow's Copa match, but I do have a decent amount of belief in Roma's ability to go deep in the Copa. I'm not going to, I mean, like, we've been trying for number 10 for so long at this point that it feels like God knows when we're ever going to get it. But at the same time, there's a grit to this side that I think people were missing for a very long time under other managers. And I appreciate the fact that there's more grit to this side, that there's more of a fight when you're down the goal, as opposed to just seeming to collapse and be committed to losing the game. Um, even in the Atlanta, Atlanta match, there were Roma sides before that if they were down 1-0 after six minutes, it'd probably be over. And at least they dragged one point out of it, which makes me feel happier to be supporting this side. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been a trend of Mourinho's. We're, we have a, a written Q&A coming out later this weekend. And one of the questions Brent put in there was, if you could do over one match from the, the first half of the season, like a, mm. a loss or a draw that we think could have gone the other way and maybe Roman gotten three points. It, I think there's a few, but is there one that jumps out to you that you would say, you know what, I think if Roma had a redo, they would they would take that match, no question. Uh, I think that the 4-1 uh match at the beginning of the season is an obvious one uh genoa roma i think that if you put genoa and roma in the same 
match again. I think Roma could win that. Um, it's not like Genoa have been that great in the league. They're 12th. Uh, I think that they just really caught Roma on a bad day. And before Romelu Lukaku was really integrated into the side. And before Evan Indica was really integrated into the side. Roma wasn't really operating at full strength in that one. So I think that if you gave Roma another chance at that one, they probably would get three points. And that would that could change a lot for Roma going forward, honestly, I think. Yeah, I, I think there's a few that jump out. I mean, one of them is is definitely the Verona match. When I look back at that match, um, that was one where Lukaku wasn't even, I, I think, brought in yet on loan. Uh, Dika, like you mentioned, same kind of scenario. I mean, Roma, I, I remember dominating that match. They had 72% possession, 23 shots, 7 on target, XG of 1.56 to Verona only having an XG of 0.75. I mean, Verona had three shots on target, two went in. Um when I remember off the top of my head, I, th- I think Patricio might have been uh, poor on a couple of those goals or one of the goals, and, and I remember discussing that uh, way back in August. Um, so that one feels like, to me, that that's a three-point swing that could have helped Roma a lot in the table against a side that is is now like a relegation-fighting side. Um, Verona's down in 18th right now. So to me, that is a side that is, um, you know, one that they should have won. They get a, they get a redo against them in a couple weeks. Um we mentioned they, they play three teams that are basically fighting relegation. Cali D17, Verona 18, Salernitana, uh, I believe is 20th right now. So we're almost going to get cracks with all three of those sides. That is a do-over match to me. The other one that's kind of frustrating too, I mean, besides Adelante this past week, because I thought Roma should have won that match, was the way the Fiorentina match played out. Um, at home, you know, Roma didn't give up a goal until they were down a man, and then they, they held out down two men. I, I think if Roma stays with 10 men, I think, uh, rather 11 men, I think they could hold out for a one nothing win. But I think the Verona one, first and foremost, jumps out at me. I, similar to Genoa, those are six points that Roma dropped that they're in a Champions League place right now. Uh, if they get yeah, that done. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I mean, like, I was more choosing the Genoa-Roma match because that one was a bit of a sucker punch. Uh, and I think yeah. Roma did I'm kind of glad on. that was midweek oh. and not like, it was during the workday. I don't think I actually had to suffer through the whole match. They did go through like a good number of wins after that. So it's not like the sky was falling and then permanently falling. Uh, but I do wonder if they had, had a convincing win like they did against, you know, Frosinone or Cagliari after that, um, if that would have kind of changed the conversation around Roma to start the season. I do think that there's a lot of people who are still remembering that 4-1 loss and being like, this kind of side kind of sucks. Why do we want yeah. Mourinho back? Things like that, yeah. which is fair. Like, this side has underperformed. But I also think that, I mean, as we were saying, a three-point gap, that gets some tied with Bologna. Uh, so I think that that's a huge factor here, too. Yeah, there, there's definitely a few, though. It, it's going to be one of those seasons that if Roma doesn't qualify for Champions League at the end of it, there's going, and we don't know how the second half is going to play out, obviously, so that could that could change things because there might be some other clunkers in the second half of the season. But man, does this feel like one of those mat uh, like runs where it's gonna be like, man, Roma could have done so much more. Like they dropped three points here, they dropped two points there, they dropped three there. Like it has that feel to it if Roma doesn't get it together, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's true of every season for me with Roma. Of honestly. course, yeah. The there's so there's so many least. mad like that's been a history of Roma since we started writing on CDT that it's always the stupid matches where just you know there's a, a mistake. There's some yeah. dumb mistake that happens that are really the difference maker. And like, that's not to put too fine a point on it. That's the difference between a big side that wins titles 
and a side that's big but hasn't been able to get over the hump yet. You have to win all those matches where, you know, you can't just be like, I guess we had an off night. You can't have an off night if you're trying to win Scoot Out. No, you can't, especially with the way the table's so tight. I think that's what it comes down to. If this was one of those seasons where there were four clearly better teams than Roma and they were like 10, 15 points out of it already in eighth place, then you're like, you know what? A match here, a match there wouldn't have made a difference. Roma's just not that good this year. It's just one of those things like everybody's so mediocre that all your little slip-ups here and there add up in big ways, uh, I think is what it comes down to. And and if they don't get there, we're going to feel it even more. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's going to really stink. Um, and it will be quite interesting. I mean, we I mentioned this already. Rumors seem to indicate that Mourinho is going to be getting a contract renewal soon. Yeah. I wonder what happens if you get that contract renewal uh, and you don't make Champions League next year. That's that like what what do you do with the side from on a ground level? Like, do you keep Dybala and Lukaku around? How do you do enough with only Europa League money to keep Mourinho happy? Like, there are just so many questions. So much. So many things are hanging in the balance right now with this season that as much of it's fun to talk about the midseason. I can't really give a diagnosis of this season probably for another month or two. Um, I would imagine that by the time that March or April rolls around, we'll have a better sense of where Rome is going to be, both in terms of Europa League and in terms of league qualification for Champions League football. But until yeah. then, there's just so much hanging in the balance. There's so much hanging in the balance. Uh, the Mourinho report, Brent actually posted an article, I think while we were recording, or, or slightly before that, um, that the terms being discussed, according to Calcio Mercato, are a one-year deal with an option for a second year. Um, contingent on Champions League qualification. So I guess Mourinho at this point would be open to that because he probably doesn't want to sign himself up for a long-term contract if he feels Roma doesn't have the resources he needs to do what he needs to do. Um, obviously, if they can qualify for Champions League this season, it becomes much easier probably to happen again next year because you you are able to improve the side um, and get more quality into the side for him. Um, but I think it's one of those things like if they don't qualify and he's got one year and it doesn't happen, I think it's maybe in the best interest of both Roma and Mourinho at that point to, to kind of cut bait after a fourth season. So that makes sense to me. Um, two two years if he qualifies, because obviously you want him around if he qualifies, because that, that's the whole point you brought him in here. Um, we'll see where the rest of the season goes. I think from a stability standpoint, you do want Mourinho to stick around. I, I think a lot of Roma needs to do. I, I think there's some that don't. Obviously, they're tired of the tactics and, and the antics and, and other things. Um, I think we've got a friend who writes for the site who doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I understand their perspective too, because I think if this was a different manager, um, they might've been gone already. Do, do, do you feel that way based on like the way the results have gone and such that maybe if this was not Jose Mourinho, he would be gone already. It's really hard to tell because you got to remember this is, this management group's first manager, really, yeah. in the sense that they didn't choose Fonseca. They just let him run out his contract, effectively. Um, I don't know. I think that on some level it might be a different story if it was manager X instead of Mourinho. Uh, Mourinho has, over the course of several decades in football, given himself a longer rope in most situations, I think is maybe the right way to frame that, yeah. as opposed to, you know, a DeFrancesco or something like that. Um, I don't know, but I, I get the sense with this management group in particular that they're not going to just do something rashly in the same way that the Pelota era Roma would. Um, 
whether that's burning bridges with former players or pretty much anything, honestly. They seem very methodical about how they go about building up the club. And you can see that, honestly, with the signing of Tiago Pinto. Someone brought this up um, after he decided to leave the club, and I think it's important. Um, He was not just the director of sport for the men's side. He also helped develop the women's side basically from nothing and has helped rediscover Roma's academy as like a really strong output. And that's something to be celebrated, I would say. So I think that given that, you can also look at what Roma's been doing and in those on those cases with investment into the women's team and the youth teams as a indicator that management right now is way more interested in long-term growth and sustainable growth. Uh, sometimes things go in the goes kind of smack dab in the face of that, like signing Romelu Lukaku or signing Paolo Dybala, but at the same time, they just don't seem like a rash ownership group, which is the relief for me, comparatively speaking. I'd much rather have a group that really thinks these things through and didn't hand Mourinho the the renewal two months ago, for example, and is Mm -hmm. instead now talking to him about it. I think now is the appropriate time to talk to him about it, where there's a lot hanging in the balance, but it's not like he's completely crashed and burned this season either. And I think it's important, too, he expressed the desire to stick around first uh, in some of these press conferences. So his desire is there. Um it seems like it's it's genuine. It seems like he genuinely likes, you know, managing Roma, being a part of it. He's complimented the, the fans many times and everything. So I think, you know, that that's a good thing. I think having a, a manager like Jose Mourinho in charge does give Roma a little more credibility, but they do have to make the Champions League. So I'm hoping it's this season. Um, if not, if they do give him the renewal, it's got to be next season. I mean, can you imagine if Jose Mourinho is around for four seasons, he can't get in the players and the results to qualify for Champions League? That, that, that would be... Um, very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, it, it would yeah. be. It would be very disappointing because the, the reason you brought him in is just to get to that level and compete at that level. Like Roma used to compete in the Champions League and make knockout stages and, and even made a semifinal, you know, in, in our time writing for the site, which was, was something to, to behold. Um, so speaking of Champions League, Jim, let, let's end it on this. We talked about, you know, where Roma's in the table, half glass full. We're both cautiously optimistic. I'm looking at the... Odds to qualify for top four according to DraftKings right now. Because that just gives us a gauge on, like, where are people perceiving this race, right? Um, Inter's not even listed because they're just assumed to be yeah. qualifying for top four. Juve's at minus 10,000, which means they're pretty much locked in. Milan at minus 650 looks pretty locked in according to the, the you know, the odds makers. And then it goes, interestingly enough, I'm going to ask you, guess who do you think they have fourth favorite as, the like, the fourth qualifying team from Italy? Is it Roma? It is not Roma. Is it Bologna? It is not. It is, is it actually, Napoli? it is Napoli at plus 200, uh, has the next best odds, followed by Fiorentina, Atalanta plus 250, Roma plus 400, Lazio, and Bologna plus 700. So Can I bet against team. Napoli for making top four? Because at this uh, point, I actually would. <laughs> I, I wish I wish there were odds of not to finish top four on here. I think yeah. with the Premier League, there might be because they give more um, – different you know like options in the premier league because it's more closely followed in the u.s but yeah, yeah. I, to me if there was a not to qualify for a champions league seeing them at plus 200 to make it that is surprising to me um, i know they're only one point behind us but they have just looked pathetic like mm-hmm. seriously i don't and like they've already fired their manager so i don't see them doing it again yeah. and yeah i, I mean, almost like that one of the reasons why i'm relatively confident like not confident but like i am 
optimistic about Roma's chances of qualifying for the Champions League because I don't see Fiorentina, Bologna, Atalanta as incredibly huge threats. Uh, Lazio, who knows with Lazio? Sometimes they look fantastic. Other times they look terrible. Um, but Napoli, their star has fallen so much. Normally, I would have thought that the four would be the three that are currently in the top three, plus Napoli, either in second, third, fourth, or even first. But they've just their star has fallen so much that it really does feel like that fourth spot is up for grabs. It, it really does. Um, yeah, and and Roma being rated as the fourth, fifth, sixth, basically to, get, to finish seventh by the odds maker. So yeah. we'll see if the, if that turns out to be true. Um, but if you're someone who things Roma can make it and, and, and you're on these, uh, these gambling apps, I, I plus 400 is not, not a bad number. Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. Not getting a lot of respect there. Um, and you know, maybe deservedly. So it's, yeah, maybe we got to earn it a to, little bit. To me, it's not that they're not getting the respect. It's more that Napoli's getting so much respect as the defending. That is true. Yeah. I, it, I think that. that is covering a lot of their blemishes according yeah. to what, what these numbers are telling us. So um, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed mid season. We have another 19 matches to play. We still have the Copa Italia tomorrow, which will be probably passed by the time you listen, but hopefully Rome will still be progressing there. And the Europa League. So Roma's got a busy second half of the season. We will be with you with all the coverage you need, match previews and, and game threads so you can you know interact with everybody. And of course, the show here. So Jim, anything you want to leave the listeners with ahead of tomorrow's Derby quarterfinal match in the Copa? I'm not making any predictions. I've no, learned a long not. time ago to not make Derby della Capitale predictions. And I've also learned not to make Coppa Italia predictions. So as a result, I will just say I'm hopeful for a worthwhile match, um, like a good match. I, I I think that, you know, I think that I can trust Roma to at least play decently. Can I trust them to win? Probably not. But I can trust them to show up, which is, as we've said before, an improvement over past Coppa Italias. Yeah, that's for sure. Hopefully they show up. And, and you know, hopefully, you know what? They, they come to play against Lazio. And I, I just hope that, and I'm probably only going to be able to see a half of it live because hopefully I'll, I'll get to catch half over my lunch break at, since it's a noon match. But I just hope that they're more aggressive than they were in that first derby. The first derby was very boring. I know this is a match that could just go to penalties to advance. I hope Mourinho doesn't go that route. I, I hate to have to play. 120 minutes if Roma doesn't have to. You know, Lazio hasn't been overly impressive. I just hope Roma goes for it. And hopefully by the time we're here next week, we can celebrate a Roma win against Lazio and hopefully a positive result against Milan. So we thank you again for listening. We'll catch you guys next week on Cross the Roma Verse.